Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have you ever wondered how to get your partner on board with the money? Have you and Amy have that issue, John? Spending too much? Well, not being on the same page. Yes. <laughs> so today we are answering your questions and one of those questions is about uh, you know getting your partner on the same page essentially. But yeah. before we get into that, uh, I just want to shout out, if you're a new listener of the show, if you weren't with us last year or last season, welcome officially and again officially, we apologize. <laughs> Again, <laughs> again, it's like I've um, I, actually it was funny, John. The um, I got a message the other day, and, and someone was like, Oh, where is a good place to send some suggestions? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, PM, here we go. I'm like, Oh, you can send it here, but anyway, he he was just it was actually good. So, if you do actually have anything um, that you want us to cover or whatnot, yeah. um, if you're not happy with the way we sound in terms of our voice, you might struggle because I don't think that'll ever change. Um, but essentially, yes, if you are a new listener, welcome to the show. This is about you, your life, your money issues, and we specifically target millennials. So, generally around age 20 to 35. Um, but hey, we've got listeners that are older. We've got listeners that are younger, as you'll hear from one of the questions today. And we're just here to educate you, empower you to make your own decision. Yeah. Now, speaking of decisions, have you had any more Glee coffee? Uh, I'm still on the current um, package I got sent. Really? Yeah. It's probably bloody stale by now. Uh, well, I need yeah. to drink more coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not like, you know, I think once you get it yeah. uh, delivered, you want that ground up and, you know, drank within... Pretty, I don't know, 10, 20 days max. Yeah, uh, no, I, I get that. Yeah, that's Been like a bit, you know. Yeah, that's right. I get that. Life, I res- life gets in the way. Yeah, I respect that. Um, but the only other thing, just as a segue into our uh, sponsor and partner, Glee Coffee Roasters, if you do want a coffee subscription or you want to buy anything online, delicious coffee, and they've got some really nice light filter roasts, you are after a premium filter because I've been into filter lately. Um, more so than espresso-based long blacks, uh, jump onto their website, gleecoffee.com.au, and use the promo code M3 in the checkout. You're listening to My Millennial Money, the place where Aaron and John have no respect for Glenn or his dignity or his personal boundaries. Ashley asks, tips on how to motivate your partner on stepping away from the comfortable part-time employment and striving for a full-time job. Oh. So. I'm actually going through this at the moment. Really? Well, I'm not going through that, but I'm. You're looking for a job? (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, it's a good opportune time for me to answer this. Yeah. Because... And and I'll just jump in there. John doesn't know any of these questions. Okay. I've, I've got my laptop with him up here, so... Cannot see. We like to keep everything... Um, we like it that way. Yeah, everything loose. But yeah, a brief story is uh, our, all of our three kids are at school now. So, for the first time in mm, 10 years... Yep. Amy, my wife, is a free woman. Wow. So, I, I would suggest she's been free all her life, but hey. She has. Yeah. From a work, from a uh, no kids during the day sense, she's yeah. free. Okay. So we're having these talks about, well, what does she do? What's she passionate about? What, uh, how does she want to fill her week in? So my first part of that would be, as a recommendation, it's not trying to convince the other person of your way. Mm. It's got to be mutual ground that is going to work for both of you mm. as opposed to thinking, well, we can get an extra 30 grand a year if they go two, three days extra. Yes. So how did you guys broach the subject? Well, we just... I mean, Amy's a bit of a go-getter anyway, so... Yeah, and look, we we were on the pretty much the same page to begin with and have been for the last 10 years in the sense that if she wants to go and work, then great, we'll make that happen. If she doesn't, that's fine as well because yep. you don't get that time back of um, spending time with the kids. Yeah, and I guess it's 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 kind of fun. Like we get these questions and there's a million things we'd like to ask. We've got pretty much got one sentence to chat about. Yeah. But I mean, if Ashley's partner, I, I'd look at it a couple of ways. Sure, if... Ashley's partner is 18-year-old, just finished school or TAFE or something, and he's kind of like trying to find the thing and it's, you know, uh, you know, there's a bit of grace there. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're a 35-year-old and haven't worked full-time and I just think there is a lot of opportunity cost, particularly if you are able to. Um, Now, I think there could be an imbalance possibly – and and probably more of the vibe of the relationship if Ashley's feeling resentment that, and I assume I'll make a, because Ashley could be a guy or a girl. So let's assume, you know, Ashley can be a guy or a girl. I'll assume it's a a, a girl. So let's assume Ashley's got a full-time job. Uh, they're renting an apartment together and let's just make up a place, I don't know, Melbourne, because um, again, I don't know where these people are from. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ashley's, she's got a good income. You know, she's, She's a bit of a career girl and she's got things cracking there, mid-30s, yeah. I guess, maybe, a bit under. And Ashley's partner, let's call him Jake. John or Jake. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Jake. We'll call him Jake. Like, so if Jake's, Jake could work part-time, he could pour a couple of coffees or whatever he does, yeah. you know, 20 hours a week and gets to chill and play bloody playstation or whatever yeah um i mean he's got the best life in the world he thinks yeah that's right and why would he need to exert himself Mm, um yeah there's a lot of variables to this as there is is, but but i I think it's if i could say one thing to ashley it's like if you are in a a long-term relationship or it's just starting i think you need to really address this to say Mm. hey jake whatever your name is, um, what does your life look like for you? Yeah. Because I want to start to build some goals that we can both share mm. and let's try and attack this. That's the key, isn't it, is being on the same page with the common goals going forward. Sure. And it may be that hard conversation where, Jake, either 
upgrade your hours or I'm going to upgrade you type scenario. Yeah. And again, we're assuming that, you know, Jake has no um, disability or anything that would, um, you know, inhibit him or her from working. But I think it just needs to be this discussion. So, the expectations within the relationship are aligned. Yeah. Yeah. And and in my experience, if you're trying to drag your partner off the couch to go and work, then maybe you're values are misaligned absolutely now again there's just so many variables like she might or he might not have whatever ashley is um might not have told us that the the partner is using a lot of energy trying to get something off the ground or Mm. he's an artist or whatever so let's just use the example he's an artist or a muso or whatever and he's working part-time or she's working part-time to to cultivate that i think there's a difference and if there was a difference i'd probably say you still both need to have the discussion that Mm. okay we're going to let this thing happen for a year or two whatever it is i don't care but there's a line in the sand that if you're if you haven't got what you're working on off the ground you've got a year to try and get it floated yeah after that point we need to have another discussion whether it's working or not yeah there's a deadline because absolutely because What's good for the geese is good for the gander. So, if the partner does crack it and build a good side hustle or career yeah. with the stuff he's working on out of the work hours, yeah. it could be a benefit for Ashley. So, no, who's laughing? Yeah. yeah. So, I think it is just a, um, a discussion, communication, and align expectations. Mm. Now, and Jake, we'd love to get Jake on the show and hear his version of that. <laughs> or her version. Jake Ed. Jake Ed. Because, like, in reality, like, you've been part-time for the last 10 years and it's worked okay for you. Me, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, it's funny. I was working on Sunday at a cafe and, you know, working along and I ran into somebody. They're like, what are you doing working on a Sunday? And I'm like... I don't know. I just feel I work I, when I Wednesday, feel like Thursday, it. Friday. Or- yeah, but it's like I'm more productive when I, I work when I feel like it. Yeah. That's when I'm more productive. That's and I guess a lot of people would be. Um, it's just most em- employees don't have the choice to sure. say, well, I'm not yeah. productive today, so I'm going home. Yeah. But on, however, on the final bit to this question, I would also say you, and I think we mentioned it before, like you can't push a rope like if you kick the door down and go you've got to get a job you're bloody lazy like it's just not going to work so i would say to ashley talk to your partner and ask your partner what does life look like in a year's time for you yeah because for me looking in i feel like i'm carrying this myself yeah um my shoulders are getting heavy dale yeah bay all righty then Ooh, that was um, heavy. <laughs> guilty. Uh, Nicole asks, "I have a young family, and we are struggling with the decision to sell our first home to move back closer to family. We don't know whether to rent it out, sell it, or sell it and pay off our car loan and start all over again." Yeah. Okay. So, do you need some thinking music? No. Nah. Can yes, I keep... put it on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm assuming the house that they're leaving behind is in a quality suburb slash town. As in the town 
its population, its economy is strong and it's it's not going to And why are you backwards? assuming that? Just because the majority of towns in the country are. Sure. Um in the country is in regional area or the country no, in, in the Australia. Country Australia. Okay, yep. sweet. Yep. Just had to clarify. Yep. So yeah, so let let me um go through this one. So if that's the case, then I would say keep it at all costs and let the car loan continue to do its thing. Um, obviously, again, variables around how big the car loan is and everything else. Yeah, but probably if you can't pay it off within two years ordinarily, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, But the transaction costs of, of selling the property, if it's not costing you a lot to hold once you realise what the rent amount is going to be, I would be encouraged to um, to stay in that market and um, and continue to build the portfolio from that perspective so be effectively turn yourself into a rent vester be a rent vester in the early stages until you realize well yeah the in-laws are great we're going to move next door to them or no we're actually going back to where we came from because that happens a lot doesn't it yeah i wouldn't know but well yeah looking at clients (laughs) hey you know me i'm happy to die and leave blue bay feet first in a box you know that true 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 but the thing there is, and I always say it to clients, is never back yourself into a corner. Mm. So if you sold everything and, and took off and, and things didn't work out, where are you left now? You've got nothing. Conversely, I do not want people to be a landlord by default. No, agree. So I think it does come back to, and maybe Nicole can reach out to you, I don't know, um, but I think there needs to be an analysis on that area. Correct. Um like what if they um, they purchased a house in a mining town, for example, yeah. and they, they had a good crack, they paid a lot of it off, but the area is going to be just flat and dead for that little market for a couple of years. Well, hey, let's get the heck out of there yeah. uh, and restart. Again, there's too many variables, but just one other way to look at it, I think I would like you to remove the car issue from the decision completely Yeah, because you're just jumbling a very small component, unless you've got a $100,000 Land Cruiser with a $100,000 loan, yeah. uh, you probably need to sell the Land Cruiser. But we get these questions in where there is basically one decision that needs to be made, yeah. but it gets blurred with small emotional things that actually do not impact that key yeah, decision. That's right. So the question is, whatever you do, can you sell the car and downgrading car mm. and just run around in a $10,000 Corolla or something? I don't know. Yeah, um, family issues. home, you've got a family, obviously, but um, or they've got a young family, she said that. Um, but I'm probably in favour of doing a good analysis, asking local mm. r- real estate agents, hey, can you come out to my house? Uh, what's it worth to sell? Just mm. wondering what you could get. What's your view of the market? And what would it get to rent? Now, whatever the real estate agent tells you to get that it would get for rent, probably take $30 a week off um, to do your, it's like I've been stung before, um, just to be be conservative in your situation. Yeah. Now, further than that, I don't think in this question, there is an option that you're going to rebuy closer to family. So, probably what I would do, number one do it in a two-stage approach. Move out of there, focus on getting the new house that you're going to rent closer to the family, sort out the car issue, put a tenant in the property for six months, then assess the situation in six months' time. Yep. Like, just don't do it all at once. Like, it's just too much going on. The focus is to get the family moved and settled, number one. 
hey, let's put a tenant in. Yeah. Hey, if it doesn't rent or if it sits on the rental market for three months and there's no tenant, it could be a good indication that, oh, maybe we have to give it the flick. Yeah, and that's that was uh, my, I suppose, initial part of it was assuming that we're in a, a, a cracking area. area yeah. There's no reason mm. um, to, to sell because the transaction costs of property are just far too great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I, I'm pretty happy with my comment as in don't... <laughs> I'm just reflecting, John. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're happy yeah. with your own oh, comment. No, I just, you know, I'm look, I'm yeah. <laughs> sitting back going, you know what? That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, don't well, worry. Well done, me. Move out of there. Yeah. You know, get settled. Get the family set up. Yeah. You know, if the car's an issue, piss it off. Get yeah. something cheap. Um, but hey, and this is the good thing. People are actually thinking about these things rather right. than just pulling the trigger and going with it long before they actually make the decision mm. Mm. and just as a side note very happy with your response as well john <laughs> <laughs> which indirectly your response was rewording my response basically that, yeah that's okay. and and this is the cool thing like often and we've said this a billion times we say the same thing but from a different angle yeah so somehow yours gets put up on a pedestal absolutely yeah <laughs> So, Absolutely. Yeah. No. Look, it's you're you're the you're the host. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that was good. Yeah. This is a. I like this question. And you know what? I'm going to try and not answer it to give you the platform, John. <laughs> that would not happen. Okay. Charlie asks. I'm young and don't have a clue what to do with my life. Well, sounds like me. Um, <laughs> but I want to work in business. How do I sort out my finances and make a clear and make a career in business whilst being young, 17, and overlooked? So, I guess the whole mm. you're young, we don't respect you type yeah, okay. stuff. How do I open doors and what doors slash opportunities should I seek? Oh, and I probably one. will swing back around yeah, and have my two cents. Yeah. You're actually going to let me speak at all this time? Or, Go yeah. for it. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, interesting topic. I spoke to a group of professional athletes last week in Sydney and we had this same conversation where a, f- a couple of them in the room wanted to be entrepreneurs. They were, they were thinking like business owners and, and like the whole idea of that work for yourself type scenario but didn't know really how they're going to go about it. So I think two things there sorry who are we speaking to charlie charlie should know that yeah um john's son's name's charlie charlie first thing i would do was understand what you may or may not be passionate about so any successful business owner is <laughs> i'm holding myself back from jumping in <laughs> is passionate uh if they're passionate about something and they stick through the long term uh, more likely to succeed than not if, as opposed to just going for the for the dollar outcome. Are you hiding behind the microphone? Oh, no, I'm just yeah. chilling. Yeah, I'm just relaxing. It just looks the weird. The second part of it, Charlie, would be go and spend some time um, giving up your time to get fast-track that experience and show some initiative and, and put your hand up wherever that may be. So last week I gave the example of the McDonald's franchise. You can go and it's a passive income run business. The owner doesn't need to be there. 15-year-olds run the store. You just got to have $2 million to buy one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you can you can go and serve fries and 
and stand behind the counter or you can so show some initiative regardless of age and experience and say, look, I'm happy to uh, lock up, open up, do extra, do whatever needs to be done to fast track my experience but also climb the ladder uh, ahead of someone that doesn't show that same initiative and work ethic. Mm. Do you want to enter into that conversation? Or oh, yeah, I'm just pondering. Charlie? No, no, If do you want to finish anything else? So, yeah, if you're doing those two things, Charlie, one, you're passionate about something or an area or a field or an industry, and number two, you're getting into that industry and, and um, showing that initiative and work ethic, I think good things come mm. to those who, who can um, show that. Yeah. I, I was just thinking... Business is all about solving people's problems Correct. effectively. Yeah. So, Charlie, what about you talk to some existing businesses or small business people or whatever and just start to get an idea, ask them three questions. What are three things in your business that is a pain point? It could be, oh, we, the bloody recycling bin always gets overflowed or something. Mm. I don't know. Like, mm. Or it could be something else or we, we're struggling to connect with clients or, or whatever. Just get a, see if you can get an anecdotal snapshot of a pain point for existing small businesses mm-hmm. because then you might be able to build something online or put systems in place to create your own business to start to solve these problems mm-hmm. uh, because that's, like a, that's how you basically have a business. You've got a product or service that people need that solves their problems. Number two, I'll, if you haven't already, swing back around and listen to episode 202. I believe it's the interview with me when I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, only it's because... On, it's on playback every night in yeah, your basically, when you puts go to me to sleep. bed. Only because I, I read Charlie's question and it reminds me of 17-year-old Glenn. Like, I wanted to get into business. Mm. I didn't really know what to, mm. but it took till I was 25 years old till I could start my own business. Yeah. Now, when I was 17, um, oh, what was that? Like six, seven years ago, not long ago. <laughs> Wink. Um, you know, the opportunities online were not there. Nah. So, number one, I would say to you, you've got to check out Pat Flynn. I want you to go to Pat Flynn, Charlie, and look at everything online that that guy says, mm. does online courses and stuff. Mm. If you can... In June or July, he's got a conference in LA called FlingCon. Get your ass to that conference. Get to LA. Yeah. I was going to go, but I can't be bothered anymore. Um, Glenn might shout you. I might. Um, but um, but why do we want to be a business owner, number one? Because mm. people love the idea or the thought of running their own business. But do they actually know that you work a lot more hours than an employer does? An yeah. employee does? Yeah. Um, there's a lot more stress the buck stops with you every time yep. every day so it's not all roses is it so why do we want to be a business owner is probably a key question yeah and i guess you might just like the idea of it and that's cool yeah um so how do you open doors and opportunities i heard an interview the other day it was with this old guy he was british can't even remember where i heard it or who it was and he said the f- i think he fought in the war or i don't even know um he said like if there was one bit of advice for people, don't do what you love, do what you like and what you're great at (laughs) because that's going to be the key to success. Yeah. So Mm. what, you know, there's probably 
it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Yeah. But what do you like doing? Or, I don't know, I was always interested in finance and money. Yeah. And I've slowly just, Your you own. Know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever's left after I spend it. But I find, and no disrespect to the old fella, um, I find if you're passionate about something, invariably you become good at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I, I love um, the bass guitar. Yeah. But I'm crap at it. Oh, yeah. Like so, there's. <laughs> I may as well just do something I'm good at yeah. and that I like doing. Yeah. So, but yeah, Charlie, it's great. Um, oh, here's a question for John. All oh, these bloody questions. Doug asks, "Hi guys, should I put all my money into the one purchase in Sydney, ten percent deposit on one million dollar house?" which will be 100 grand-ish, or continue to rent in Sydney and buy two investment properties in whoop-whoop, quote-unquote, and rent them out. My aim, would to be break, my aim would be to break even on repayments and expenses from the rent collected. Thanks. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. So... And let's assume that the Sydney place... Well, should I put all my money into one purchase in Sydney or continue to rent in Sydney and buy two else? So, are you saying, Doug, that you would live in the million-dollar house? Yeah, and that was my first part of that. Because I wouldn't is, be doing that, is would if I? If he's living in it, he's assuming that he's going to be there for the next 10 years. So, if the answer to that is, no, I'm not going to be there for the next 10 years or, or no, I'm not going to live into it, I'd say no to buying in Sydney mm. and probably finding a place that's better than whoop whoop um, yeah in regards to the two places or the two purchases um yes you diversify those and obviously not buy them both in the in the same location but the the yield um so the gross yield is your rent per week divided by or times 52 divided by your purchase price right so to find a property in today's market mm. that actually covers costs before any deductions is reasonably rare mm. right so you can get a five percent gross yield in a few capital c's at the moment but they would still cost you money before you claimed any deductions right now historically speaking you would have to go into smaller regional towns in order to get that probably seven percent that um, doug's after to pay for the running costs using the rent only. Yeah. So what's the disadvantage of that? Well, the disadvantage is the capital growth over the long term may be inconsist- inconsistent or none. I mean, the only other option um, could be to, you know, drop, say, 500 grand on a house somewhere as yep. an investment property. Yeah. And then chat to a financial advisor and maybe gear up into some equities, which mm. the return on the equities, a good income portfolio, would meet the borrowing expenses. Yeah. So, improving the cash flow yeah. overall. Yeah. But still having some skin in the game to yeah. get some growth of your funds. Yeah. So, we could comfortably say we can find two 500k properties that all cover themselves before any deductions before any um tax but yeah to find it gross would be uh, pretty difficult at the moment 
So, but I would be erring towards that as opposed to saying, let's go and spend a million dollars in Sydney. Yeah, as an investment, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, if it was his principal place, just make sure you're getting a hell of a discount at the moment. Mm. So, that million dollar property, can we get it for 900 Yeah. Then remember the offer you say, if you're not embarrassed when you say it, it's not low enough. Correct. Hayden. And this is a very interesting question, this one, John. I'd be very interested to hear your response. Mm -hmm. Hayden asks, a big financial worry of mine is what will happen to my parents when they retire? They don't own a home and don't have a heap of super. Do you have any tips on the best way my siblings and I could prepare to help and support them as they get older? Mm. It's Um, great that he's thinking about that, number one. uh, Don't. (laughs) They could move in with them. That would be looking after them. Uh, look, that's a tough one, isn't it? It's a really tough one. Um, the fact that they haven't got their own home or very little super means that they've probably got no sizable assets at all. Mm. Um, how can how can they how can you help them? Look, you need to be. Yeah, it's a tough one. Oh, it's very hard. Yeah. I I would probably say I can see that Hayden does have great love and care for his parents, okay? That's not in question. One, we don't know if his siblings are on the same page, yeah. so we'll just we'll just put that out there. I'm of the view that, you know, Absolutely, they brought you into the world. Absolutely, they've raised a, a good guy because he's actually thinking about yeah. this stuff. But at the end of the day, as an adult, Hayden, when you have your own family, your responsibility is first and foremost to your own family. Um, if there's any money left over, I still would be very cautious because, you know, you, your parents, right or wrong, and financial, it's a it's a very interesting question. Financial literacy or not, you know, they've, you know, made the bed they've laid in, possibly mm. assuming they're both mm. working full time and like yeah. we're assuming they're functioning adults. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not actually putting your future family uh, at the same type of risk. But what you can do is, and you can't kick the door down to your parents and say, oh, you got to, got to sort your money out, blah, yeah. blah, blah. What you can do is slowly start to nudge them, for example, like, oh, hey, I'm reading this book at the moment. It's mm. about managing money. Yeah. Or, hey, I'm listening to this podcast or yeah. something and just try and open the conversation so they can get more involved yeah. and inspired with their own money. Yeah. Um, the one thing that does spring to mind when one has an issue... And the other hasn't, for example, is a joint venture. Yeah. Where, okay, has mum and dad got the cash? Has Hayden got the income or, or vice versa? Yeah. And can they potentially do something together? But you're right. They, if fundamentally they haven't got the psyche behind going and understanding money and, and mm. there's lots of holes in the sieve when they're in their daily spending, then it's not going to be a solution. Because something else springs to mind. Um, I may have mentioned it on the podcast before. Uh, I've got a client and 
he had his mother living in the rental property and it was a, a subsidized rent. Um, and so basically he, the way I, I basically got the calculator out and I said, look, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You need to do your own investing, your own everything at market rates. Then move your mother on. It, you Basically, the wash up is you're paying her $150 a week because that's the loss. So, I said to him, what you need to do is move mum along, get her her own townhouse because yeah. she can afford it. And this is mum worked full time, yeah. right? So, mum was financially able to. She had 50 grand in the bank in cash. Yeah. But he was subsidizing the rent at yeah. this investment property to do mum a favor, quote unquote. Yeah. And it was only damaging him and his family's future. That's right. Now, I said to him, look, the wash up is you need to untangle this, put mum in her own little townhouse and yeah. tell her, hey, if you do need help with the bond, we'll help. And then if you still want to help your mother, mm. transfer $150 cash out of your bank account into her account yeah. every week because it's the same effect. Yeah. And a, you look at it, books. yeah, yeah, you you put it that way, yeah. people start to go, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. But you effectively are. Yeah, and I think you can you can pay or can give some someone something other than money, can't you? Absolutely. Like you, you can give them knowledge, you can give them encouragement, you can give them mindset. Yeah. I mean, mum and dad can live in the granny flat in your backyard, no problem Absolutely. at all. Um, is that a solution to their problems? Maybe. You've mm. got on-site babysitters for when you have kids and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. that, that's fantastic. Yeah. But primarily, you've got to look at, well, what are they bringing to the table and are they helping themselves? Yeah. And I would say to you, Hayden, like, absolutely love your heart, love you the way you're thinking. And the good thing is he hasn't said, mum and dad have approached us. Yeah. Like, they want money because right. you just wouldn't do that. But you can always guarantee that your parents will not go without a meal You'll mm. always invite them over if they need a meal. Yeah. You'll always help where possible. Um, but I think you really need to, um, yeah, w- worry about your own household first. Mm. Yep. But yeah. And that sounds really rude. Well, no. But look, it's good I, I've just seen shows. too many issues with family dynamics. And right. you get down the road your life changes. So, Hayden's situation may change. But if he's kicking in the tin every week for the parents, something happens in his life. They can't get the parents off the drip because it's going to explode their relationship and mum and dad are going to get kicked out. Like, it's actually very bad Mm. to tangle that up on an ongoing basis and set any type of precedent. Yeah, for sure. Keep it separate. Absolutely. Josie, I was silly and racked up credit card debt that's heaps hard to pay off i feel like i'm not able to save any money it's like a never-ending battle so i think that it yeah so josie um absolutely you got some credit card debt we're here now let's deal with it yeah i think the first step would be to um stop using the credit card yeah cut up the credit card and if you want to just message me on Instagram at my millennial money, I'll give you a promo code and I'll put you through the spending plan course at no cost. And I think that will start to solve a lot of your questions. Mm. Um, so yeah, message me because basically what we need to do, it's this never ending battle. You pay some off, you spend it and you're just in a cycle. So we need to break yeah. the cycle. Yeah. Um, 
take any pressure off yourself at the moment to save any money, mm. the first step is to press, I don't know, plug the bath that's mm. leaking. Let's stop the leak. Yeah, As Trump would say, let's drain the swamp. <laughs> no. So, the first thing we need to do is get yeah. get moving in the right direction. Mm. So, forget saving. Let's stop overspending. And uh, the spending plan course on Sort Your Money Out on sortyourmoneyout.com will help you with that and help you manage your money going forward. So, and providing you are, you know, working consistent hours and whatnot, I hope... Uh, the never-ending battle comes to an end within yeah. the next month. Yeah, and a couple of, I suppose, easier things can be done. Well, number one is paid cash for everything. So, take the cash out of your bank. Absolutely. And go and use it. And when it dries up, that's done. Yeah. Right. And then secondly, it may be a case of well, this short-term pain of going and doing extra work just to clear the debt um, and then get your, your life back on track. Right? Yeah, Absolutely. But, um, yeah, please reach out and I'd love to um, help you out how I can yeah. and I'll put you through that um, course because everyone who does that course, um, they end up in a better position and it starts to end that cycle. Well, we're going to call it a day, but we're going to read some reviews. So, if you are listening still, that must mean you're half interested in the show and if you are listening on Apple, we would appreciate a, a little review. We're trying to... Flush out the haters. Yes. <laughs> what up, hater? What up? <laughs> um, Grace, 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 one, two, three, four says, I'm an avid Dave Ramsey listener, but I was really wanting an Aussie version. So glad I came across MMM. So, yeah, thanks for that, Grace. Glenn, Glenn Ramsey. Giddy up. Um, Barry Farry said, it's his, <laughs> it's his favorite podcast, learning so much about personal finance and I'm loving that it's enjoyable to listen to at the same time. Um, Thanks. Steph says, um, you don't know what you don't know. Love the podcast. And these are all five stars. Thanks, guys. Each episode, I learn something new and end up having more questions that I didn't even know I should know. I must listen for anyone who has money, spends money or wants more money. That's everyone. Mm. It's been great to see how they have grown into the show refining and improving each week. Don't lose the banter. It's infotainment. Ha ha. I think we actually read that the other day, that review. Yeah, we'll keep reading it too. Yeah, that's right. So, right, um, Spread the good yeah, word. and thanks for those questions. So, I captured those questions uh, on the way into the Facebook group and the Facebook group, people are putting interesting, cool questions up and we're having a lot of fun connecting with you and we will catch you soon. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Glenn. Bye. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Ghetto Proprietary Limited, trading a sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 